Welcome back to another episode of Pewology. This is the show where the people in the pews get to do the talking. And we're in a series that we've been calling Jailbirds. We're calling Jailbirds, right? We were were thinking about calling it Incarceration. But that kind of sounds like a horror movie. Though it is been like a horror movie jailbirds and we're back for the fourth or third the fourth installment with davo all right um let's see the things we've covered one we've covered your original dive into delinquency um two we've covered uh first well running tobacco into the prison three we've covered your stint in the arrest and then your stint in uh what's the one quincy the one above jacksonville up there right yeah Yeah. so now we're on to the final act well maybe not the final episode but the final there's really? one more rest before. There's before one more. The final. Okay, the one one more rest. Okay, so you get out of Quincy. You've spent how long there? Like two years. Um, like after county jail, like a year and a half. Year and a half. You get back home. Do they feel like a barbecue or something? when You get back home. Is there like a there's like a celebration of sorts? Like, hey, he's back. I had a party. Yeah, a little party. Yeah, at a club. At the club. Oh, I was thinking more of your family ended up. <laughs> Didn't remember that party, but at the club, he's back out. And uh, and um, are you on parole? No. Nope. Probation? Just nope. did your time. Mm-hmm. You've wised up. Because I, I, I was on two different probations when I got arrested. Mm. So they they added it to the the paperwork okay. to, to not give me probation. Okay. So now you're back. You're back, right back at like you right back at it. You're right back at the club every night of the week. Um, right back at at what clubbing, <laughs> clubbing, and the same basic group of of friends. We'll call them. I got out at midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went home, took a shower, and was right back outside. Wow, right back. Everybody, word was out. Your boys were waiting. Yeah. Right back in the club. Ay, ay, ay. How many kids you got at this point? None. None? Your kid, at least none that you know of. There was, I, <laughs> I had no kids at the time. All right, no kids at the time. But now you're back out. Okay. How's it go? What happens next? Um... Like what events were taking yeah, place? Yeah, just ha- skip to the next arrest. Well, I mean, what I mean, what was it like? How long did you go before the next bump with the law? I was already within. I don't think I'll give unnecessary details. Mm-hmm. I was just already into trouble with, within like eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah. Eight hours, and you're already like, I'm better to risk it all again. Oh. I could have went to prison for life within eight hours. Oh my gosh, eight hours! Yeah. Well, I mean, but like at that point, are you just like, are you mentally at the place where you're contemplating, like, wow, I, like, I need to be more careful, or are you, are you just like on autopilot a little bit, just like going through the motions, just like what happens next? We'll see. Um. I don't know. Like <clears throat> when I was getting out, I actually had the thought in my head: I have one more, one more rodeo left in me. Really? Yeah. Like so, it actually it went through your mind. You're like, I'm not done yet. No. Yeah, I'm ready to roll. So I'm not. It's not like I'm going home to like enroll in community college or start a business or run. You know, go to work with my pop or anything. I'm ready just, to roll. I just press play. I paused for those. Couple years and, and just ready to roll again. Yeah, I kind of enhanced. 
Almost, you've almost, you, you're, you, you're almost more intent about this life than when you went in. Yeah. Wow. Like my, my, um, like morals and, uh, like view of like, like remorse yeah. definitely decreased at, at this point. Yeah. Like I, you're almost hardened. You're yeah. hardened to a moral reality at this point. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say was your like top priority? Um, I would say to make money. Money, yeah. And what? But what, was it? Was it women? It was money. No, I, w- woman would come along with it. Woman, but they, I, I didn't prioritize it. You didn't prioritize it. No, hmm. just straight money. Yeah, just gotta get some money. So straight back to drugs then. A little more than that, but really, what's more than drugs? Robbery. Just guns, robberies. Wow, that is risking it all. That is risking <laughs> it all. Within eight hours of being out, I robbed somebody. Wow, but are you are you living this life where you're thinking to yourself, as long as I'm robbing other people in the in the game and dealing and all this other stuff, I'm good. What do you mean by that? Well, I just run into I've had multiple conversations now in this and and like it it almost appears to me that in these conversations that if you're robbing somebody else who's living a life of let's just call it the streets, mm-hmm. then it's 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 like it's not, it doesn't even count. It's not like you're robbing a like a like a Seven Eleven. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not knocking I'm not, off a bank. I'm not going to that extent. Yeah, no. I'm just robbing other guys that are. That that right. know yeah. that this is part of it. Wow. 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 Is it pre-planned? You do the planning? Somebody else does the planning? No. It's like, it's like I, Dave's <clears throat> out. We got a gig tonight. Let's go. <laughs> no. I'll, I, I'd rather just stick to that. <laughs> like, I, it's, I, it was just really dumb. Like, yeah. there's been times where... In the spurt of the moment, somebody, somebody says, hey, we're doing said, this. like, hey, can you give me a ride somewhere? Can you drive me somewhere? And then halfway to where they say where we're going, they tell you. They told me what it really was. And you're like, okay. And like <clears throat> my best friend was in the car. He did that. And I was like, he said that he was nervous because the guy knows where he lives. Mm-hmm. My best friend had kids. I was like, all right. I pulled him to a store, told him to get out. Took care of it, came back and got him. Wow. Wow. It's my best friend. You took one for the team in your mind. Multiple times. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Like, so I wasn't I was never at home like planning he looks like a target. Like yeah. usually ended up similar to that. Or mm. I would just I don't know. I just didn't care. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do it. Wow. How much money do you ever get? And what's, what's, what's your best, what's your best <laughs> moment? You ever clear more than 10 grand in one, one, uh, like act of, what would you call that? Like, whether it's either selling guns, selling drugs, robbing somebody, you ever made more than 10 grand? Like in a sale? Or, yeah. Or in, in a, one, in one night, like one night. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty good. A little entrepreneur. And it wasn't like a regular thing. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I was more, uh, like, I don't know how to really explain, but like more ounces than under. Yeah. I wasn't selling like big weight. Right. I would get a lot and then break it down and sell it. Mm. Mm. What was your, do you have a, a go to? What like, do you mean? You're more of like a pot guy. Of what, guy, what I would sell? Guy, yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly weed, molly, and ecstasy. Mm. I'm not really sure I know the difference between molly and ecstasy. Mm, pretty similar. Yeah, that's what I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of but s- I would club a lot. So a They're l- club l- drugs. L- yeah. Club drugs. Everybody's got, everybody's. Everybody's on the molly. 
at the club on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Um, what happens next? So you get out. You go right back to this crazy life. You're just... It's basically a ticking time bomb. Like, literally, you just pressed restart on the bomb. I did stay out for a year. to go out. I but, did stay okay. out for a year, though. A year. Pretty good, considering you started out with a bang of, like, hey, let's go rock. As an adult, that was the longest I stayed out right. in, until now. Okay. So a year, you get out... <laughs> You're going out to the club all the time. You're messing around with drugs still. You're still acting crazy. You got a bunch of knuckleheads you're running with. What happens? What like what what got you into trouble again? Um, <clears throat> me and two friends of mine went to an after-hours spot, like a strip club. Okay, that after, that was such a such a. Uh, PC way of I mean, after, after hours after after club hours when the club is over that's the next location. Well, I mean, hold on, let's go back. I don't think I know that. Like, okay, so are you saying that strip clubs are allowed to open all night long? This specific one closes at six a.m. Is that? But why? Why do they get to skirt the rules? Is there some like political thing that gets them special treatment or something? I don't think so. I think it, that's just a thing. I don't think there's like a law what time a club has to close. Yeah, there is a law. That, <clears throat> well, that, how are they open till six? I don't know. Serving alcohol. That's exactly <laughs> right. So, of course, everybody that leaves the clubs in Orlando is at probably like three in the morning or two in the morning because they have to close at that time. They all just go to this place. Yeah. Fills up. Yeah. All right. But I was good friends with uh, good friends with all the dancers. Mm. Um, I was friends with the owner. Okay. Um. Had would you say this is um would you say this is I would I would think okay just based upon billboards I have no personal <laughs> experience okay but based upon billboards I would think that like there are let's say if we graded them okay like there's the McDonald's of strip clubs <laughs> and then there's like the Morton Steakhouse of strip clubs where would you put this one it was <laughs> Definitely like a hole in the wall. Oh so gosh, like, it's the Taco Bell. Of, so you're friends with all the was, Taco Bell girls at the strip I was, club. I was friends with them, mm. and uh, it was nothing more than that. Ugh. But I, I was friends with them, and they would help me make money. Oh, okay. they would talk to people, bring people to me. Oh, right. They, they would help you. This is your networking experience. Yeah, it seems the like there'd be a lot of chlamydia in that room. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just but even the the owner was would give me tips and like heads up like that he heard there's an undercover in there at the night oh, okay. at that night and to tell me hey you know cool. watch out who i who yeah. i sell to yeah so the owner was cool the dancers would you know look look out i guess yeah because they're interacting with clientele and they're like hey you want some molly yeah i got a guy yeah and you're the guy yeah. Okay. So this place closes at six. <clears throat> it's maybe five thirty in the morning. And um the only people left here are the people that work there and me and my two friends. We're getting ready to leave. So it's just a bunch of dancers. Bartenders, dancers, and you guys. Yeah. Okay. Um like <clears throat> the crowd that was there before us had just left, so we was getting ready to go. Do you ever get tired? Do, do I get tired? I mean, no, I'm just saying, sometimes. like, it's got to be like six in the morning. Yeah. You're not sitting over there just exhausted, like, oh, man, I got, I'm beat. I got to hit the hay here. Like, I'm sure I was tired by that time. I would just be passed out in a corner. You'd have to wake me I up. Think, I think the money was more important money. than you're, you're business, sleeping. Business. You're working. You're working. You're up. You got the coffee going. You're working. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um... So like five thirty in the morning, I would say maybe thirty police swarm and raid the strip club. With just dancers and you and your boy. They came to search the club. Okay. And um they swarmed it. They had like a few dogs with them. They had a video camera. It was like the real deal. Yeah. And I had pockets full of stuff. Yeah. And they just told us to get out. They were searching the club. The club. So they thought you were just like clientele at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. They told us to leave. But when we leave, we're the only car left in the parking lot. So there's police surrounded outside too, and they're they're staring at us. And <clears throat> I have a gun in my pocket, mm. the other pocket, 
full of bagged up drugs. Mm. So I tell my friends, <clears throat> like, we can't leave right now. They're going to follow us. Yeah. Like, they're, they're staring at us. So I put everything in the car. And we walked to a, a restaurant down the street. We stayed there for maybe two hours. And when we get back to the car, one police car is still there. Mm-hmm. And it's two police sitting on the trunk. And when we get in the car, they jump in theirs and they follow us. Mm. So. um, Who's the car registered? You, it's your car? I'm not driving. Mm. Um, but my friend that's driving, it's his car. Oh, okay. I'm in the back seat. And I... You know, he's so paranoid. He's drunk. The police are behind us. He's driving horrible. And I know. But wait, wait, what do you, where'd you go to dinner? You're getting drinks at Denny's or something? It's six o'clock in the morning. There's a, like a breakfast cafe. Okay. We sat there for like two hours. And they're serving booze? No, 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 no. How's he still drunk? We were just, I mean, I guess whatever wore off in two hours, okay. but we were just drinking okay. there. It's been all night. All right. And he was just so paranoid. I'm sure he's paranoid because he, cause he knows what's in the car. Right. And then the police brought us. But when he made w- one of the turns he made, I threw all the drugs out the window. Out the window. Out the window. You're the first person on the Jailbird series that had the brains to do that. Okay. So um, the next turn he made, the police had to stop. Like he, he kind of cut somebody off. Yeah. And the police had to stop. So in the mix of all that, I threw the gun out the window and it was wrapped in a shirt. And the car on the side of us either either it hit their car or they seen it and they slammed on the brakes oh, like to let it fly. So the police know something was thrown. They found it. And then the same street as the last incident when I told you they had the whole Kirkman shirt, mm-hmm. the whole Kirkman shut down. The whole Kirkman was shut down. And every light we went past, more just kept coming. And then they just had us surrounded. And um, yeah, they did a, a felony traffic stop where they come on the, the microphone and tell each person get out one at a time. Okay. And um, they said, <clears throat> they said, driver, get out the car. You have to like lift up your shirt so they can see your waist. They said, passenger, get out. And then they said, David, get out the back seat. <laughs> I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> So apparently somebody, one of the first two, told them my name, mm. but um, they just came right to me, cuffed me up, and told me I was going to jail for a firearm. So just a firearm charge? Yeah. Just possession charge? Possession of a firearm? By a convicted felon. By a convicted felon. Okay. And uh, That didn't seem like that long of a charge. What's the what's the max on that? Three years minimum. Three years minimum on a, just a gun charge in Florida? Three years minimum. <laughs> Wow. My convicted felon. And then originally they charged me. It had an extended clip. This time wasn't a revolver. I know you're proud of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've you've stepped up your game here. <laughs> um, I mean, revolvers, I like revolvers. Trusty. I didn't think anything about the bullets until you told me. That seemed, seemed a little hitmanish, but okay. <laughs> All right. So you got, you got... They tried to charge me with every bullet. The first night I got arrested, it was like... 18 counts of ammunition. Oh, for a lot. Like, to make sure I don't. I know. If I bond out, then I have to pay. It's such a game. It's such a game. So I called my brother, and um, I believe I I called him. But whoever I called, I told him, I'll I'll stay in here until they drop charges. Like, don't don't worry about bonding me out. And then the next day when I went. You're you're a pro. Like, you go in, and you're a pro now. You're like, just leave me in here with my my peeps. You're you're at 33rd? It is 33rd. Yeah. But I'm saying... It's like 18 counts of ammunition, even say it's $5,000 each bullet. But once I go to first appearance, they said, like, that's not legal. They Mm -hmm. they put it all into one charge, and then I bonded out. And um, I was out for a few months after that until my my last arrest. Wow. But you didn't get that charge. I did get that charge. Yeah, but I'm saying they get. You said minimum of three years. You didn't have to do the three years. I did. Oh wow! I got arrested for the new case, and I still went to court for both. Oh wait a minute. So you were. So you get out. You're still having to go to court for mm-hmm. that charge. Go through a trial or something. Yeah. Because you're not going to take the plea. It didn't get that far. Oh okay. It I didn't did, even get that. Far. I did have. I did have a lawyer uh-huh. who was. What was he saying? What was he saying? He thought you could get to. 
he he said he was pretty confident he could get a beat. Beat? Yeah. Beat the whole gun charge? Yeah. How? How can you prove I threw it with three uh, men in the car? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was wrapped in a t-shirt when it got thrown out. Right. So he's like, hey, I think we can beat this completely. He was saying that that, you know, there was still plenty of investigation and depositions and stuff to go on. Mm-hmm. Um Do you think you think the other guys in the car would have would have uh rolled on you? Well I don't I I don't believe so, but I don't. They can't be forced to say anything. Yeah, but if they get caught, if they get subpoenaed. They get subpoenaed, and they didn't say anything. Like yeah, if, I'm if, saying, if we if we all got charged with this gun, then maybe oh, somebody will tell on me. And they only charged you. Yeah, I got you. No, that makes so sense. They, they would have no reason. Yeah, why would they? Why would they roll on you? Because they're not saving themselves. Yeah, yeah. So there's no motivation. So you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling like you're going to beat the charge. Yeah. When he says, "Hey, we'll probably beat this," you're like, "Yeah, okay, we got this." All right, so you're back at it again. Here you are, cat with nine lives, dodged another bullet, literally, and now you're back out. Yeah. Okay, what happens next? Um, so a few months go by, and I actually <laughs> I got into a really big, bad situation, okay. and I won't discuss that. Ooh, but that sounds great. Because it might not have reached statute of limitations. Okay, let's leave that one out. Yeah, leave that. Um, it would just be based on what the charge would be. Right. Statute of limitations is no limit if if it can be punishable by life. Okay. So I, we'll just avoid that. But um, so I had a big situation, and then within. A, I don't know. After, maybe a couple weeks after that, I had like a change of mind. Okay. And I I was just I did something for a friend of mine. Okay. And eventually I found out that like let's just say he claimed that he tried to do something, it didn't work. I ended up doing it for him. I found out that he didn't attempt to do it for himself. Uh, and he was totally kind. And there was I was Told there was a five thousand dollar reward out, and I, I somebody told on me, but th- there wasn't enough evidence to arrest me, mm-hmm. and they weren't an eyewitness. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that kind of maybe, like you know, I could have went to prison for somebody else that wouldn't do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really got tired of. But hold on, so is that po- at that point, like when you say I was having a change of mind, is the change of mind like maybe? Is it is it is it just in you like hey, my life and the trajectory of my life is not headed to a good place, or is it the change? Is it like hey, I'm looking at these people I'm doing life with. Maybe I think they're more committed than they actually are. Both. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I was just tired of the same stuff. Yeah. People. Yeah. Um. I lived with my best friend at that time. Yeah. So for. I would say probably a few weeks I hung out with nobody but him and we lived together. Right. So his specific house was like the the spot. Mm -hmm. And when he would have friends outside, I would stay inside. I, I just was tired of it. Yeah. I would just, you know, mind my business. But so you're thinking like, I, I want out. I went out of this life or this trajectory, but I'm not sure how. I mean, what are you going to do? Where do you go? Um. Well, I had I was only living with him for maybe a month. Okay. Um, that serious situation that happened. Yeah. Um. Just based where where I was living at, I I couldn't live there anymore. Mm. So I moved in with him, and I was living there for maybe a month. I didn't have it figured out where I would go next, mm-hmm. but I just knew that the other part changed, that I did not care. I don't even think I was going to the club anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, the, it's kind of a weird crisis because it's like, how do you start a new life with a new purpose or a new meaning, a new trajectory? But In the same environment. But, but yeah, you're in the same environment and you've dug yourself a pretty deep hole. Yeah. It's not like you got like tons of options right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, so I was in the house. I was, I wouldn't say dating, but I was dealing with a girl for maybe a month at this time. And she was with me at my best friend's house. We were together for the day. Um, Nighttime comes, my best friend tells me him and his friend need a ride somewhere. Can I drive them? Mm. They had this whole plan already planned, but my best friend's, his kid's mom didn't want him to drive her car. So she said, if they need to go wherever they have to go, then I could drive them. Mm. So I got asked to be involved in the mm. situation and then I drove them. And did you know what the situation was leading to when you, when you, when you got behind the wheel? Halfway there. Halfway there, you know, like, hey, this is, I'm, here I am. I'm getting sucked right back in. I'm now driving to something that sounds like it's going to be a, a, a crap show. Um, in a way, like it was, I, I, I wanted to change like my environment and stuff like that, but the darkness that's, that's mm-hmm. in here was still there. Yeah. So, Did you still have that sense of un, like invincibility? Like, Hey, we're going out. We got this. We're going to go do something. Definitely. Is anybody else in their right mind would be like, okay, well you're going to risk your whole life, but okay. You're not thinking that you're still thinking we got this. Um, we're going to run, run over these dudes. I I just, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's a pretty detailed situation. Uh, I, I don't really know what I was thinking at the time, but I didn't know the details until halfway there. <clears throat> and it was to go. But, you, but, at th- but at that point, when you hear the details, you never once think to yourself, I should turn this car around. No. Okay. Um, But I knew that I wasn't comfortable because I didn't have a gun mm. and I wasn't comfortable going without having a gun. Mm. And they convinced me like, Oh, we're good. Like we're straight. <laughs> like it's already all planned out <clears throat> where we're going. My best friend, his friend is there mm. and his friend is who called him and told him the whole details for everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just kept telling them like, I'm not comfortable. My, my, who ended up being my co-defendant that's in the backseat. He, he did have a gun mm. and I kept telling him like, just let me, just let me have it. Just let me hold it. He's yeah. like, no, I'm telling you, we're good. We're fine. And I'm like, but we're going to be passing your house on the way. I'm, you, you have another gun there. Let's, let's go get that. He's like, no, we're good. Mm. I found out later that they didn't want me to, to have a gun. Mm. Um, Cause they felt like, Potentially something unnecessary might happen. You would be too trigger happy. They were worried you would be too trigger happy. Yeah. Wow. So they wanted to avoid that. Mm. And it. Is that because they think to themselves just the show of force and the gun will be enough? We don't, we don't, we don't want any guns going off. Yeah. And and we're worried Dave's a loose cannon at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, So, so do I? Yeah. All right. Um, so we get to the person's house where we were meeting. He was supposed to go get some weed. Right. I think like a couple pounds. I don't remember. And um, <clears throat> the guy was pulled into his driveway and I pulled up like sideways behind his car. Yeah. Just to be off of the street. But I pulled up behind it. Yeah. Behind him. And um, I was driving. My best friend's in the passenger seat. He got out of the car. And within like, I would say within like two or three seconds, he got shot and he fell to the ground. What? But did, did the guy that you guys are going, you're basically going to rob this guy. So the person that's with him is friends with my best friend. And he, the person with him told my best friend all these details that I didn't know about till later. All these details about it's, it's easy. He don't have a gun. I've been with him all day. It's simple. <clears throat> then when we're om- almost there, I guess he got nervous and told him, be careful. They're known for robbing people. So now <clears throat> when we get to the guys, the guy, he has a gun in his hand the whole time. Yeah. Like prepared just in case. Yeah. So just the way 
my best friend jumped out the car. Um, so that guy, one many words exchanged. No words. No words. Like no. he jumped out, ready to go. That guy was not surprised. He was ready and started shooting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. So. But you're in the backseat of the car at this point. <clears throat> I'm in the driver's seat. You're in the driver's seat of the car at this point. So soon as shots, because I'm, I'm watching the whole time. Yeah. So I see when he shoots him, I see he hits the ground. My co-defendant in the backseat, the one who has this gun, runs the opposite direction. With the gun? With the gun. He just takes off running. <clears throat> and I'm not I'm not going until I see if my, my friend is okay. Yeah. So I get out the car, but I just duck behind the car, and I'm trying to, like, look over the window. But I know he's laying on the ground. And um, now the person's shooting, shooting towards the car. And I see him walking around the car. So he's coming to you. Yeah. <clears throat> so then I then I take off running. You know, yeah. I can't do nothing right here. What are you going to do? So I take off running and I run across the street. I go behind the house where my co-defendant is. And um, I ask him, I said, did, uh, did he get shot? And yeah. he said, I don't know. So I'm pretty sure he got shot. We need to go back over there. And uh, he was like, no, we got to wait. Wait till they leave. Um, yeah. Like, he, he just was shooting at us. So yeah. We, we got to wait a minute. And I was like, man, we need, like, as as soon as we can, we need to go over there. And then they ran my friend over. They was driving an expedition. They drove over him. Oh, wow. And then um, they left, and I went over there. And he was deceased. So I picked him up. I put him in the car. Um, you know, I'm sure there's anybody could say what they would do, right? But um, I wasn't comfortable leaving him there, laying on the ground. Yeah, and I'm not comfortable calling nine one one either. Yeah, so I put him in the car, <clears throat> and we drive. We get a couple miles down the street, and the tires were flat from when the guy was shooting. He, yeah. he shot the tires. So I pulled over. Oh well, before that even happened, I called. The only person I thought that I could call my best friend's kid's mom. Okay. I called her and told her where to meet me at. But I didn't tell her that he was dead. I just okay. told her he he was hurt, so she needs to come quick. Yeah. I knew, you know, like, if I tell her he's dead, yeah. like, she's going she's gonna to know either way. But I just couldn't get myself to tell her that he Yeah. So how do you get those words out of your mouth? Um, so she came <clears throat> and uh, she came there and told me to leave in her car. Mm. Me and my co-defendant left in her car and she called the police. And um, so we got you know, we got back to where where I lived at, but I was there for a short period of time and um. I went and I went looking for the person mm. that I, I found out who the person was. And mm. I went, well, I mean, this guy just killed somebody. He's not going to be outside, yeah. like hanging out. Right. So just for a short period of time, then I, I kind of like snapped to my senses a little bit and went back to my house. But when I was there, <clears throat> I was very uncomfortable because it's my best friend. Yeah. It's his home. And yeah. he just he just died. So I'm telling my few friends that I'm with, like, we should leave. We have to leave. I'm not comfortable here. We can get a hotel. I I know I'm going to end up being arrested. Yeah. So I tell them, like, you can put in any of your name. I'll pay for it. Let's just go to a hotel. And before we even got in the car, they, um, well, let me just, yeah. <clears throat> when, when we went out riding around for a while, we got back to the house. And within one minute, I was telling them we, should, we need to leave. Yeah. And I didn't know the police were already there. Yeah. The police already surrounded the whole area. Yeah. And um, there was like a ditch on the side of the house. They came out of the ditch. They came from everywhere. They took me, um, brought me to the police station. Um, I just told them, like, you know, they're saying they want to help and everything. <clears throat> and I'm just telling them, like, I'll rather my lawyer help me. Like, I, I don't want to talk to you. And um, I would rather my lawyer be here so I could speak to them first. Mm. And then <clears throat> they left me in a, an interrogation room for for twelve hours. And they they got the warrant from the the judge mm-hmm. and arrested me 
for um I forget what it was, but I think for basically like for not calling nine one one when somebody got injured. Mm. I forget what the charge was called. But the point was because I was out on bond for my gun charge in Orlando. Yeah. So I can't get out either way. Mm-hmm. So they charged me with whatever they could. I went to jail for that. And um I'm the only person uh that got picked up because I'm the only person that they know was with him. Mm. Um, that was oh so so three days later, um, so an attorney named Nick Kelly. He's like a I don't know. So apparently he's like a very known lawyer in Kissimmee. Mm-hmm. It's like 11 p.m. and they called me out of the dorm. They said he's there to talk to me, and I don't know him. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, oh, I don't know what it is, but you have some information that the police really need for them to have me come see you this late at night. It has to be important. And I, I'm just like, I I don't like, what do you want to hear from me? He's like, well, I know <clears throat> your best friend passed away. They want your help. And I was like, no, I don't have anything to say. And um, he said, well, if you don't help them out, it could get worse for you. I was like, I understand, but I don't have anything to tell you. And he said, well, if you help them out, they can get this case thrown out. I said, I don't have anything to tell you. And he said, and you're out on bond in Orlando, right? And that's three years minimum. I said, yeah. And he said, if you help them with this, we can take care of that too. And I was like, I appreciate your offer. You're not my attorney. I don't want to speak to you. Mm -hmm. Because in my head, the police sent you to come talk to me. Yeah. You work for them now. Yeah. I don't want to tell you anything. And the next day, they called me to booking the gang unit was there and uh they brought me murder um robbery with the firearm conspiracy to commit robbery with the firearm possession of firearm by a convicted felon and uh do everything at you yeah yeah um so that was the arrest mm. what's your attorney say my my attorney I've used up until that point, his name is James Kelly. Yeah. And um, he's very good. Yeah, um, but what does he say when he sees all these charges? You get to talk to him. Well, he came to see me and he he told he told me and my family that um, he said he would have to charge 60,000 bucks for the case. Mm. And he said, he said, um, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to take your case that... He said he don't have any hope mm. that he he feel like he feels like he'll just be stealing our money yeah. that he don't think there's gonna be a good outcome. Yeah. So, um, then you know some little bit of time went by, and um. So does it go to trial, or do you or do you plead it down? I ended up pleading. Pleading it down. Yeah. The uh, the two people that were. On the opposite side of me and my co-defendant, the person that killed my friend and then his co-defendant, they, me and my co-defendant refused to make statements, Mm -hmm. but both of them had their, such a wild statement from both of them. Like the guy who killed my friend said that as soon as we got there, I jumped out the car with like an AK and started shooting at him. Mm. And there's, there's like, um... A, a camera security system across the street mm. that it was very dark. So you can't, you can basically see shadows, mm. but you can see the only person that shot a gun. Yeah. was him. Yeah. No shell casings, but his, like he said that this whole fabricated story. And um, he said that my best friend put a gun to his head and they started tussing with this gun and he shot him like up close. But the medical records came out and said that he was like a few feet away at least when he got mm. shot. Nothing really made sense, but because we refused to talk, they can't, you know. Do you think you made the right decision? Why do you feel that way? Um, <clears throat> there's a couple reasons. Uh, if too many. If I would have said the wrong thing, I'll still be in prison right now. Okay. Um, if if I would have, 
I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <clears throat> if I would have said the wrong words, I would still be in prison. Right. And all you're afraid they could use your own words against you. Yeah. Like when in the interrogation room, it, they went from good cop to comforting and everything. And when I said I didn't want to talk, it was just have fun doing life in prison. When you get older, go to the law library and search felony murder. And just saying all these things to like to, mm-hmm. to mess with me and told me a friend of mine who is still in prison <clears throat> for a very similar charge. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me to, to ask about him and I know his case and I know what he did mm-hmm. that got him still in prison now. Mm. But I just, I don't know. I just the whole, the whole way, like there was so much, all the phone records was my co-defendant, my best friend and the third party um, all communicated throughout the whole day. I had no communication with any of them. Um, there was there was evidence I was there, mm-hmm. but there was nothing pointing or nothing proving like that I had anything to do with the situation right. that happened. But the state attorney was like telling my family would try to talk to and she was telling them like that I promise he'll get nothing less than twenty five years. Mm. And um just very or like my attorney after like a year asked her if she has like a ballpark plea deal and she laughed she's like no there's no plea deal he's gonna go to trial and lose i'm like because i wouldn't uh cooperate like Mm. i believe that's my right to not cooperate yeah doesn't mean i should get because if i lost trial based on the short period of time i was out of prison if i lost trial it was automatically two life sentences plus 45 years wow so you're risking a lot so they come back at some point with a plea deal well the guy who the person who killed my friend and his co-defendant, um, they went home within like a month. They He got self-defense, and they took a plea deal to testify on, on me and my co-defendant. And once they testify in court, they'll get probation. Okay. So the the person who, who killed my friend is the number one state witness. Okay. So their type of plea deal is you you there's rules you have to abide by you can't get another charge you just, yeah um so while he was out on that bond he ended up getting a warrant for something different okay so when it was time for my trial he wouldn't show up mm. so the state attorney spoke to him on the phone and he said as long as he has a warrant he's not showing up because it's turning himself in wow so i ended up <clears throat> because my attorney for one, I for sure was scared to go to trial. Okay. No matter how good it looks or how confident it's it's up to the jury. Yeah. And um I was I was definitely scared to go to trial. And uh my attorney for, Are they charging with felony murder at this point still? Felony murder, wow. Yeah. Up until court I, yeah. I had it. Um <clears throat> my attorney for the Orlando case I guess once I got arrested to this, <clears throat> by law, they're not supposed to like bring up other cases mm, in court or anything. Yeah. But he said that the judge was very aware. It was on the news. Yeah. Um, he said the judge was aware and that like it kind of changed the dy- dynamic of my Orlando case. Yeah. And he was just saying like, I don't know if you want to take it to trial. Right. So I ended up- Risky. I ended up pleading out to that, and then I I pled out to my co-defendant's gun charge, and um, he went home like fourteen months before me. Oh wow! Because I was already gonna uh do the three years. Mm-hmm. So, but they came back once this guy couldn't testify. They came back and offered you three years if I plead out to the gun charge. If you plead out to the gun charge, okay. Yeah. So if you plead out to the gun charge. They would give you three years for everything. Concurrent. Wow. Dude, that's a freaking... For that disastrous situation and the potential of what could have happened, how'd you feel about it? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I was... I, I, I don't remember really having emotions for any of it like i don't remember 
I was just waking up and going on with the day. Like, I don't think I was ever really believed I would get life, mm. but I also didn't believe I was going to go home soon. I just didn't think about it. I just yeah. didn't care. Whatever happens, happens at that point. Yeah. But um, after you get three years, you had to have thought, man, I could have gotten, easily yeah. gotten 30 years. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So to get three. Yeah. <clears throat> gift at that point at some level. Yeah. Mm. One job. So <clears throat> um, my co-defendant, the, the state attorney basically just said that she'll just let us take a, like, I'm because the, the firearm, when the police came to the, the crime scene, they combed the area and they yeah. found the gun. Yeah. And they charged both of us with it. Mm. So basically she was saying, like, that that charge is not getting dismissed. Right. So. Did you talk, the, the, the guy you took the gun charge for, did you talk to him? Tell him, hey, look, I'm going to take this charge. They put us in a dorm together. Uh, so you talked to him about it. Mm-hmm. And how did that conversation go? You say, hey, man. Does he say, hey, will you take this charge? <clears throat> no, he, he didn't ask that. When it was time for tr- trial was coming up, mm-hmm. he had like a public defender. Okay. And I had a, a like very a good lawyer. attorney. Yeah. And my attorney said that she can represent me by myself mm-hmm. or or her and his attorney can represent us together and um i just before I, when i thought i was gonna go to trial i just thought my co-defendant even though i i didn't really even i didn't have that close of a friendship with him right um but i just knew if he goes to trial with that public defender that he was screwed yeah so I told her to represent us together, right? Because she would represent both of us. Okay. I told her represent us together, and then when that situation came up, where the guy wasn't going to come to court, mm-hmm. I did tell him I was like, I'm going to plea out to this gun charge, and um, you volunteered it almost. Yeah, I, t- I mean, the, in a way, there's. I know I'm going to go do three years in prison for my other gun charge. Okay. And there's no point of both of us mm. doing the three years, even though, I mean, in a way, it didn't make anything any worse for me time-wise. Right. But I am convicted of three gun charges. Like, if I ever got another gun charge, it would be habitualized. Yeah. Like, guaranteed. Yeah. So, I mean, which I won't. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I told him, and he took the... The least charge, oh, I forget what, I think it was like obstruct uh, something about the evidence because right. we moved the body. Okay. He played out to that and he got, I think, I think he got like two and a half years, mm. but he had to do 85% of the time because mm. um, it's not mandatory time. Right. So I know he went home 14 months before I did. Mm. Was that hard? Not really. I mean, it can be a little wild looking at a guy who's as culpable for whatever you owe. He's as culpable, if not more, probably more. And anybody logically looking at that's mine. So you're sitting there watching this guy and you're thinking to yourself, I had another 14 months without this guy. I just. He goes to the same prison? No. What prison did he go to? I think, I don't even. At this, we we were in county jail for like fourteen months. Mm. So he had to do maybe eight months in prison. Mm. I don't remember, but how do you find out? Find out what? That he's out. I knew his release date. I um, I think I would have my brother check. Oh, you can just search her name on oh, the yeah. DLC website. So I knew when he was gonna get out. But I mean, he did make some promises. My first two kids were born. Three months after I got arrested. Mm. So he did make some promises that, you know, I just took a a, a gun, gun charge, charge for him yeah. and that he'll, you know, he'll look out and blah, blah, blah. Never heard from him. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, but then, but then I went to Santa Rosa. That's another podcast. 
That's another podcast for another. That's part five. No, for sure. That might extend to to six. Five. Um, Santa Rosa. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That is a. That's a crazy deal. Yeah. Like, so I was in the jail, Osceola County Jail. Um, I they put me into medium, and then when, when they brought me the new charges, they put me in high risk, which is isolated. Mm-hmm. And then I went to max, which is regular population, just with other people with similar charges. Mm-hmm. I was in that for maybe a month, and then the officer came to tell me I have to pack it up and go to another to a medium dorm. And I was just like, did I get charges dropped? Like, how can I go to that dorm? Mm-hmm. Like. I, I have a murder charge. And he was like, no, I'm not supposed to tell you, but you have a keep separate coming here. So the person who killed my friend requested to keep separate from me and my co-defendant. So he had to come into my dorm. So they was putting me into a medium dorm. Mm. And um, so they put me into a medium dorm where it's like driving on suspended license, like possession of marijuana like <laughs> it was just like the way that it just the the inmates just in and out in and mm-hmm. out go home um but i was in there for long enough to where like the guards knew the situation and everything and uh they knew i don't know but they would look out they would let me if i wanted to move to any room i want they would let me they would let me pick my roommates um, you know, there was a couple that would call me out to to show me like music videos on their phone and stuff. Mm. The one let my mom come to the jail, and the officer went outside to pick up two cotton swabs to come swab me to take DNA tests for my kids. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, baby, ninety nine point nine. Ninety nine point nine. Oh my gosh. That's I mean, wild. Yeah. That is wild. What was it like? Like, was there just a bunch of rumors? Because it seems like the only people that really knew what went down in this altercation is the four, five, six people that are there. Well, <clears throat> the police definitely did their job for the first couple of days. And repeatedly went to my friend's kid's mom's house and to my friend's mom's house. Went to their house each day for like a few days to really, you know, implant that seed that it's my fault. Um, I'm selfish. I'm not a real friend. If I would have called 911, he would still be alive. Um, That I only care about myself. that, That basically I took his life. So they... You know, his mom still hates me to this day, mm. but um, his kid's mom, I don't, I don't, in a way, like I seen, I seen what my paperwork says that she told the police that she heard, she heard my best friend talking about a robbery that he's going to go rob somebody. And then it says, and she also mentioned that I was there as well. But I was in the home, but that it just it seemed I don't know really what to believe about the paper because it seems like it's saying that I was present during that conversation. Mm-hmm. But it could also mean because she claims that she said that I was just at the house at the time. Mm. But it said that she said she looked in the, the cabinet and the gun was gone, that she told them. You know, any nicknames I go by, what address they can find me at, my phone number, stuff like that. Was that hard? Like, you're go- you're in jail. The All of your extended friend network, all the people that know you, all the people in town that know him, the deceased, all that, they're just left to come up with their own stories at that point. Mm-hmm. Was that – Did was there a sense of feeling out of control with that? Like Like a sense of like – Man, nobody really knows but me. I did. And all these people are weighing in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it bothered me because 
I know for sure if there's anything I could do to save my friend's life, I would have. Yeah. Like I was against calling the police because because he was dead. Yeah. If he was gasping for air. Yeah. I would have drove to the police. I you know yeah. I would have called the police for sure. So I knew what it was. So in a way, it was it bothered me that that that's the the picture being painted. Mm. But I just at that point you knew that. I was already like numb. Like mm-hmm. I didn't get to go to his funeral. I got arrested a few hours later. Um and like I didn't really care what nobody thought at that time. I didn't care about anything. Right. Um and then six months later the medical records came out and they said that um I forget what type of wound it was because <clears throat> it was an internal bleeding, mm. but there was no blood anywhere. Like his clothes didn't even have blood. Mm. There was no blood on the ground in the car or anything. But they said it's almost like an instant thing. They mm. said that he was deceased within with, with less than 30 seconds, I know. And it was proved that I had because I dragged him to the car mm. and um, it my lawyer asked, how come there was no blood drawn on the scra- scrapes from when I dragged him? And they said, because the blood had already drained, that he was already deceased. Yeah. So eventually that came out and kind of like. Backed up your story. Backed it up. But the state attorney that kept telling his his kid's mom of, yeah. that this is what it was. Uh, she's, she, she said that she spoke to her after that and that she was like pissed. And it's like, well, why would you tell me that like they. They said that he took his last breath when the police arrived. That, like, they said, oh, you know, they, stuff, they yeah. really made made it look yeah. as bad as it can be. Yeah. And um, the state attorney was just basically like, oh, well, I, you know, obviously I didn't know until the medical records came up. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like that's what it was. Mm. So. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, yeah. I. I I don't, like my majority of my friends uh, sided with me. Like, even if that's what the scenario was, that they were like, because I they obviously go to jail. I've been in while I was in jail. They came, many of them came in and out. Yeah, and they would always say like, nobody knows what they'll do in that situation unless they're in it. So they don't care what nobody says. Right. That they know what type of friend I am yeah. and. You know, I never came across anybody that had any hostile words or any mm. any bad feelings about it. Yeah. What about like now? How long ago is this? So this is how many years past now? April two thousand fourteen. So Almost just touched nine years. years. Yeah. So you're coming up on a decade now. Looking back on all of this, a decade later, almost. Do you look at it, has it changed for you? Like, do you look at it through a different lens? Do you look at the situation? Yeah, or look at, like, how do you think about your own culpability, your own responsibility in it now? Do you, has that changed for you at all? Uh, I don't. I don't know responsibility and, and and what like do you say like i guess it would be tempting human nature not accusing or blaming or judging but human nature it would be very tempting if i was in your shoes to say well these guys had, even my friend and these guys had come up with this plan that was crazy i kind of got drawn in um the guy that fired the gun, he had a level of culpability. His friend that played intermediate, he had a level of culpability. It's like you could blame a bunch of people in this thing. Do you still think of it that way or do you look at it just through the lens of like, I can control what everybody else does and I know that day I should have made different decisions? Um, I mean, I could have turned around. Yeah. like. Like, uh, do you, I mean, do you, do, is there a sense of like thinking about that and regret about that or no? I don't really, I wouldn't even say regret. I, I'm, I'm, I can say in my mind, I believe if I didn't drive, my friend would still be dead. Yeah. Okay. Either way. Okay. And, um, 
even if I had a gun, my friend would still be dead and me or the other guy. Okay. One of us would be dead too. I gotcha. Um, but I, you know, I knew enough to, to make that choice that I could have turned around. Mm. So I had to pay for it, you know, in a couple of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Has it felt like 10 years, you feel like it's been like, like the picture that comes in my mind is like one of those people that's carrying a rock underwater. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a giant heavy stone underwater. Is that it, it, what's it felt like? It was like it was last week. Really? Mm-hmm. Like it's such a like a powerful moment and to lose somebody that close and to be involved in it and it to be so crazy. And to see it. And, and to, it. to to carry his body. And uh, there's like a a strong image that I remember because <clears throat> I put him in the passenger seat mm. and I remember trying to drive away and his hand was where the shifter was. And I remember moving his hand and his hand was so, I just remember how heavy his hand was. Mm. Um, like I couldn't get the car into gear without moving it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's still there. Yeah. Would you say, um, would you say that it's been, I don't know what word he is. Is it haunting? Is it, is it, is it, I don't know. What word would you use? Like, is it the, is it the moment of like where some level of PTSD sets in and you're just like, it, like, like the record player's stuck and it's like, Hey, I come back to this moment again and again. Yeah. Is that a fair? I would say <clears throat> the record player is stuck when it comes to, to how I feel. Mm. Like, uh, I haven't felt any different probably since then. Mm. Um, I wouldn't really say haunting. Like, I go through, you know, times where I might have dreams. Yeah. But it. And then I would say, I guess you have some PTSD where mm. certain things will trigger. Mm. That day. Yeah. Nay, yay, yay. Well, crazy. And then uh, that was the last arrest. And uh, so six years now. Six years ago, I got out. Yeah. Um, And like it was yesterday. Yep. Like, I think it, I don't even, like, you know, y'all are like my family, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like it's possible to, like, make friends, Mm. like, with other people. Yeah. Like, I'm comfortable with y'all, I right. can talk to y'all all day. Yeah, but other people, very difficult. I don't have nothing to say. You think I don't, that's I don't just, want to? You think talk. that's just because, like, what is that? You think that's the like when you've lost somebody that close to you in such a painful way that it's like the idea is just like almost detestable to you to try to redo that again. I don't know. Hmm. Like his his younger brother, <clears throat> who you know was like my other best friend. Okay. I still kept in contact with him when I got out. Mm. And then he, in October 2019, they they found him like an hour away, tortured, Mm -hmm. dead in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, after that, (laughs) I don't know. I just, I don't really, I don't know if I like run from it or I just don't have interest in it, but I don't know. Hard to relationally connect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I can be invited to go somewhere, and when it's time to go, I'm like, nah, I don't want to go. Yeah. I would rather stay home. Yeah. Pretty much over anything. Isolate. Yeah. Hmm. That makes sense. You think it'll get easier over time? 
I mean, it don't seem like it, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. We'll see. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I think that's about as far as we can go for this round. It was uh, as heavy as we can probably uh, lift and as far as we can probably go. Yeah. So this one... This one was the intense one, and we'll get exciting for the next one. <laughs> we'll, we'll make up for it. Uh, it was intense. We'll give you that. Gee, my dear Louise. All right. That's as far as we can go. Love you. Mean it. Peace. <laughs>